You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Hi, friends, and welcome back to a monumental episode of Tigress. Okay, so you're ready for this because we're going to dive deep. Born ready. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the voice you hear right now is one of my best friends, Darius Baxter. He is an entrepreneur, an activist, an organizer, a former student athlete. A son, a brother, hopefully somebody's husband one day. One a lot day. Of different thing. One day. One day. If God willing. And if you follow me on social media, you've probably seen quite a bit of content of me and Darius. He runs an incredible organization down in D.C. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and good projects? Oh, my gosh. Uh, well, that's an interesting question because I think at this point, as I reflect back, like so much of me is good projects. Mm. Like I started this organization for those that don't know, like in 2016 called Good Projects. And since then, we've grown to be one of the fastest growing social impact innovations in the country. Um, And that's been done through uh, an amazing partnership between so many different individuals, not just in D.C., but around the world. Um, So our goal is to support 500 families that live in the Southwest public housing community in D.C., the largest public housing community in the nation's capital, and one of the largest swaths of black poverty in the country. Like our goal is to get 500 families to self-sufficiency, achieving their version of the American dream by 2030. Um, and I've had the honor of leading that effort since 2016. I'm really getting folks done in 2019, but that's really a lot of who I am these days. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm sure we'll get into this podcast. You'll get a little deeper than that. How old are you now? Uh, I'm 28 now. You're 28 now. Yeah. We met when I was 19, I think, and you were... Mm. You must have been 25, 24, 25. Damn, I feel like we've known each other so much longer than that. Maybe. It's probably what, like 2018, 2019? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was like 19, 20 years old. Yeah. So we've known each other for a minute. Yeah. And I mean, but you, you similar to me, started while you were still in school. Right. You yeah, started yeah. good projects when but you, you were... started in like elementary school. I, no, I, didn't start I started that young. in high school when I was a little bit more grown. <laughs> but you started what in um in college, right? I started in college my senior year, yep. And I just I think we became 
I feel like um, great friends. One of the reasons because we kept meeting in rooms where I feel like it was a lot of the same type of person of like, you know, young entrepreneur, you know, usually some sort of like techie white person who is, you know, deciding to do something for social impact. What a magic happens. And then, (laughs) yeah. And then I was, I felt like I was always the youngest one, like, especially because we met when I couldn't. You were the youngest one. It wasn't, you thought you were, you were. Well, because I, and I also was like, was the only one who like couldn't quote unquote legally drink. And so we had to like. Like that stopped you. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Um, And then um, I also feel like you, I mean, when you look at yourself in the room, not only are you usually the only, if not one of the few black people in the room, but also you're like a huge, tall student athlete, former football player. Yeah. Well, you know, by the grace of God, even since when I started my career, like I look at the rooms that I'm in yeah. now and they've definitely become more diverse. Yeah. Like I, I don't want to I don't want to come in here and not say that because I think that we're all working very hard to create more equal spaces. But to the point of you and I mean, even. And that shows how fast like uh, yeah. things can change when people really put an effort in it. But even five, six years ago, um, when we were first getting into these spaces, they definitely were not diverse. So I think I'm just really even thinking about that. I'm just really excited about how far we can go as a people if we just yeah. continue to like work at things like that. Um, but to the spaces that we meet in, man, like Summit was going crazy, man. Yeah. I don't know if you want to talk about that. Yeah. So uh, we met at, through a conference series, I guess yeah. you would call it, called Summit, which is like very notorious for being this kind of like underground, like in a positive way, kind of like a culty situation <laughs> of like, a, it was like a, a lot of entrepreneurs, a community. A community yeah. a, I say culty is a community, like a bunch of people who came together and just started hosting these like, events like very highly produced events yeah we were part of the inaugural fellows class which was basically their attempt to bring in young diverse diverse talent talent, yeah and we just have developed like a really strong friend group from that but an amazing one we're having dinner tonight yes we're having dinner tonight but going back to good projects like okay what what like i i when i have a i very much have a habit of like stereotyping i feel like jocks Hmm. you know and i feel like what takes you from being like football player at Georgetown to then being the only guy in women's and gender studies. And then basically, did you finish? Oh yeah, you finished. I finished. Yeah. But then not doing graduate school because you were doing good projects. Like what is the yeah. impetus for that? Crazy thing is I started graduate school. I dropped out. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Um, well, my story is a crazy one and it, there's definitely a lot of ups and downs from when I was a child and you can really look anywhere on the internet and, and hear that story. BET did an amazing piece on my childhood. But once I make it through sort of those struggles in my life, for the first time in my life, I am walking on to this college campus. Like with all of these traumas of being a young black kid growing up in 1990s Washington, D.C. and the surrounding areas. Like, and I'm thinking to myself, I hit the jackpot. And I said, like, I'm going to Georgetown. So I'm like, I can stay home, get to be in my city. Like, I'm already feeling like the man to your point. Like, I'm one of the kids that got the scholarship. Like, I'm feeling myself. And I'm like, oh, I'm just going up the road. And I had lied to myself and everybody around me lied to me because the second I stepped foot of Georgetown, I realized that even though I'd only driven like 45 minutes, I was in a completely different world. Mm. Like, where I thought growing up, like, PG County is one of, 
It's a county right next to Washington, D.C. This is the most affluential black county in the country. Like, this isn't just me saying, this is facts. Look it up. PG County. So I'm growing up seeing complete wealth from black people all the way down to 90s D.C. scores by crack. Seeing black people experiencing homelessness and everything that comes with just a drug epidemic. And my whole world growing up is just black, 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 black. I'm like, God damn, so much going on. And it makes me think that I can be anything. It shows me I have choices. Bad choices leave me here. Good choices will lead me to <laughs> house in the hills, cars, you know, all that. I got to experience that based on the high school I went to and stuff. But I'm walking on the Georgetown's campus for the first time realizing that there really isn't that many, as many black people in these places, in these spaces as I thought. Um, and going through those four years at Georgetown and all the highs and lows that I had, experiencing depression, like getting kicked out for smoking weed at one point, like um, battling, um, trying to find my sexuality and my identity in a world. Like, it made me realize as I was approaching that graduation stage that there is no reason that a young black kid that went through all the experiences that I went through as a child, like why I'm the exception to the rule that I'm here. And I have all the opportunity in the world to go have a $100,000 job right out of college. Like My mother just started making $100,000 by the time I got to college. Like, and I'm like, yeah. my first check going to be that? Like, that's crazy. Um, and I'm like, everybody has to experience this. And I had enough belief in myself at the time to realize where a lot of people are like, I'm going to go make the bread and then I'm going to come back. Like, I always have believed in myself enough to say, I'm going to go back. And I'm going to help as many people as I can when I'm young and I got all the energy in the world and don't have as many responsibilities. And then I can always go back and make the bread, (laughs) you know, because the bread ain't going nowhere, especially when you're young, gifted and talented and blessed. Um, So, yeah, so I went back and my first summer right around this time, by the grace of God, my six year anniversary, like most businesses fail. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> you know, I started a nonprofit and we booming. You know what I mean? Like, but <laughs> the first year, it was just going into Anacostia High School. No money, no nothing. Just my time. That's all I had. And I put that to work. And we did a summer camp. 70 kids showed up. And uh, the rest is history. <laughs> it's wild. Yeah. I mean, and then this is, this is what, the summer right after college or before you graduated? It's the summer right after college, yeah, 2016. And then you started grad school. I was trying to do grad school while I was doing it, while I was starting the the business, yeah. And did not work out. I chose the business, yeah. Was college the first time when you experienced depression? uh, In a way that I can identify, yeah. What do you mean? Uh, Naturally, just through the things that I experienced as a child. There were periods where I was sad. Uh, But what I can account to those moments is I had something very tangible that I could like associate my sadness to on a constant basis. Um, but as I got older, particularly in college, it it became, it wasn't as easy to clearly be able to identify like what I was sad about. Little did I know at the time it was the environment that I was in that was making me sad. And I didn't have the tools and the skills and the resources that I do now to navigate that. I didn't even know that it was depression. Mm. Um, I just knew, uh, I was sad and I was drinking a lot, (laughs) you know, like, uh, yeah. Are there, do you think that there are like key defining moments of your childhood that like really shaped a lot of what you're passionate about today? Yeah, for sure. My father died when I was young. One of the biggest motivations that I have, and I still carry it with me every single day. 
And at the time, obviously losing a, a parent at a young age was the worst thing in the world that had ever happened to me yeah. <laughs> and probably will ever be. But um, no, and now as an adult, it's not a day goes by that I don't recognize that I'm fully living into the legacy of my father. Uh, I look smack like him, you know? <laughs> uh, I, I just take a lot of pride in that now. How old were you when your dad passed away? I was nine. You were nine? Yeah. And do you feel like you had a lot of, I mean, I have not so many memories from before I was nine. I think I have a lot of bad memories from when I was nine. Yeah. Do you feel like you still, you have like a lot of memories from that early part of your life leading up to it? For sure. I had bomb birthday parties. I would have invited you. If we was friends <laughs> back then, you would have been there. Would I have been the only Asian person there? Probably, yeah. But <laughs> black black gatherings are real wholesome. You know what I mean? People don't even care. Like, you just come on in. It's like, oh, that's the, they, they would say you're not, they wouldn't worry more about you Asian, more about they would tell you to eat more food because you ain't got no butt. They be like, <laughs> they're like, girl, you're not eating nothing. Come on, get you another plate. Like, Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save money on your insurance? Of course you would. After all, who wouldn't love a great deal, right? And when it comes to great rates on insurance for all of the things in your life, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners, condo, or renters coverage. You could save even more with a special discount when you bundle your coverages. Plus, add the easy-to-use Geico mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more. And choosing to switch to Geico becomes an easy choice. Switch to Today and see all the ways you could save with great rates and discounts. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com to get a rate quote or contact your local agent and get started seeing how much you could save. This show is part of the pro-democracy podcast coalition. I think most of us agree that in a functioning democracy, the winner should be determined by the voters. Well, that almost didn't happen in 2020. Now extremists are working to intimidate and replace nonpartisan election workers with quote unquote yes men who might reject election results. The only thing that will stop them is us. We partnered with the grassroots pro-democracy organization Represent Us to give you the tools you need to protect free and fair elections. Learn more and get involved. Visit represent.us pod to learn more. I feel like Asian gathering, they tell you you're not eating eating enough, but it's because it's like, eat more, eat more, more food, more food. You know, they always just think you're hungry. Yeah, the same same, same thing with the aunties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so growing up, yeah. um, I mean, obviously you talk about like the, I just want to, I want to talk a little bit about like the emotions, like kind of the guiding emotions you have growing up, because that's something we talk a lot about on Tigress is like, for me, I feel like so much of what I'm working through from a mental health perspective of like, whether it be anxiety or insecurities or also being, you know, clinically depressed is like, I, I have these different parts of my childhood where all these emotions can be traced back, right? Where like your sadness can be traced back, but also like you have insane confidence, right? You just got a tattoo of a crown because (laughs) you woke up and you realize, yes, you are a king, right? 100%. You also yeah. have insane confidence. And has that been something you've always grown up with? Uh, no, <laughs> no, definitely learned behavior. Um, I didn't grow up with a lot of confidence. And again, it goes back to the environment that I was in. You know, I grew up a younger brother, um, always having to look up to the success. My brother is dope, by the way, my best friend. Uh, he was so he he just had so much talent as a kid, always shining in sports, was the man in school. So I was always sort of in that shadow. 
And being in that shit, I think, made me lose a lot of like who I was because I was always looking up to him. It really wasn't until I got to college for the first time, like sort of that sink or swim moment. And not to say I was still the man, like don't take nothing away from it. Like, you know, I've always been showing up, but I think it was uh, really getting to college, being on my own for the first time uh, that I discovered, discovered, like, how do I want to show up in the world? Who do I want to be? Uh, got a lot more confident in the things that I was passionate about, even outside of sports. One of the thing, reasons why I would even be confident enough to start a good projects. Uh, but it's a work in progress. I suffer from depression. So it's one or two options for me when I wake up in the morning. I'm either going to go out there in the world and like swag through it because I know I belong or I'm going to be sad as fuck. And I've had days where I go around sad as fuck and I choose happiness every time. So for me, it's just, you know, waking up in the morning and choosing to be my best self every day. Yeah. I mean, when we, I feel like when we first met, oh, sorry. (laughs) Yo, and I thought about it too. Y'all don't use coasters at Tiger's podcast. This is crazy. Yeah. I'm seeing these little water rings and stuff. It's okay. <laughs> I thought we was coming to New York. I thought y'all was fancy up here. Y'all ain't got no coasters. I'm drinking up here drinking sparkling water. Like I'm fancy. Fancy. Look at me now. <laughs> when we first when we first met, I feel like both of us were, I mean, for me, I would call it like the height of my girl boss era, which was like Wow. The height? What? No, no, girl Shout boss. out August. No, girl. <laughs> Finding a foxtrot near you. No, not girl boss like that. Girl boss isn't like girl boss more in like a negative way. Like I okay. never slept. Okay. I was partying hard when I could. Yeah. I didn't have really any friends. I was on tour. I was trying to do school. Like I was kind of really exhausted and then like completely depressed on the inside. I also feel like you were kind of at that. Not like a girl. Also girl boss. Man boss. Sure, boy, boss, boy boss boy boy boss situation <laughs> where it was like you were also when we met at a point in your life where you were drinking a lot yeah hooking up a lot yeah you were kind of craving that more emotional side of yourself yeah and you were working insane hours yeah and then i feel like both of us kind of you burnt out a little bit before me and then bounced back i had my burnout and rehab stint a little bit like a couple years later but tell me about that. You're like, what, at what point, like, you know, when we met, maybe I think what, this is four years ago. Do you get to that point and you look around at yourself and you're like, I love what I do, but I've lost myself in it and I have bad habits. Yeah. hundred percent. That's why I left the country. <laughs> yeah. So tell me about that. Like what, what was the lead up to? I need to get out of here. I was looking around at the world that I had created for myself. And on paper, I had everything that I would have wanted for myself at that age. Including jobs for all your family members. Uh, at that time, it was jobs for all my friends. Mm. It's since developed in the, uh, my love for providing for my family. But um, yeah, I was looking around and I was like, wow, I should be way happier than I am. Um, I should feel better. But at the same time, I was raised in a church, so I think I've always had enough sense to always go back to that. Uh, And I just was recognizing that the life I was living was not one that was purposeful. Um, How did it feel not purposeful, I mean, when you were doing the kind of work that you were doing? Because it was fraudulent at that point, you know what I mean? I can't be showing up in the world one way. Um, When it comes to, at that time, we were supporting kids that were transitioning out of the juvenile justice system. You know what I mean? And I'm looking at them as teenagers. I'm looking at these kids, telling them, you know, to make the right choices. And 
I know goodness damn well there was plenty of time when I was coming up, even in that period, like if somebody had just noticed, I could have been in the same position that they was in. Um, and I just didn't feel good about that when I was going to sleep at night. Uh, yeah, I can tell myself I was young and a lot of young people go through those phases and those stages in their life, especially when they come from the places like I do, like I did and places that I still maneuver in now. But uh, I made a choice that I wanted to be better and do better, not just publicly, but also privately, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I just knew that I wasn't going to be able to do that. Like if I was still surrounded by the world that I had created for myself. So I let everybody know that I was leaving and I went on sabbatical and I went to Africa and just chilled there for a little bit and then came back to the States, got on the train and literally got off in a different city every single night, taking the Amtrak across the country for like two weeks. Um, Saw some amazing places, but between Africa and that journey and then spending some time in Colombia just to recenter myself before I came back, uh, I came back with this new awakening of being like, yo, like, I'm not in this for fortune. I'm not in this for fame. I'm in this to help people. Um, I'm in this to use my life as a tool, as a vessel for God to work through me. Um, And definitely wasn't an overnight thing, but it's been a slow process to being able to even sit here today confident that I took that journey and it was the right one. When when did you do that first trip? I was uh, September 2019, probably shortly after I met you. That's crazy. No, actually, I remember. I met you right after that trip. I just came back. No, we met before that. Really? Yeah, we met 100% before that. Well, we had a summit. It was the second year of summit then because summit was in November. I think I just saw you again. It was like our second. We didn't really get close until after that. Okay. But because then I celebrated my 21st birthday with y'all. Time flies, man. In Utah. Wait, in Utah? Utah. Yeah, in Utah. Wow. On that mountain. Yeah, on the mountain. Wow, we got some memories. So when you and when you were traveling around, what was it really that you it was just kind of like the first time in your life you just kind of what slowed down? Mm. Probably a combination of slowing down, but then also being intentional about creating silence for myself. Mm. You know, like wasn't attached to the phone, didn't know anybody, didn't speak the language. Places didn't have Uber. <laughs> like, yeah, it was it was scary, but also needed. And just being alone by yourself for two months, like that is that'll tell you a lot, you know. Also, being in a position where you're CEO, they figured it out, and you you put everything on hold for two months, <laughs> they or you, it out. you leave you leave them for it. I trust my team; they figured it out. How is your mental health now? You you recently started therapy. Oh, uh, shoot. I'm probably going on like six, seven months now. Yeah. So in the last year? Yeah, actually, no, it's been longer than that. It's been about 10 months now. Yeah. Okay. 10 months into therapy. Yeah. What are your learnings? Do you remember? I had to talk to you. I remember in 2020 and I was like, you need to go to therapy. Like you really should try therapy. And you were yeah. so resistant to it for so long. Yeah. Because people got to do things in their own time. You know, you can tell me to go to therapy, but if I'm not ready to do it, and I'm in therapy and I'm not ready to do it. It's a yeah. waste of their time and my money, you know? <laughs> yeah. I don't remember why you were resistant. I think you were resistant to it because it was just like, I don't want someone to just ask me questions. I wasn't ready for it. 
I needed to. Yeah. It's a process. And then, and this is, and this is what I'll say to anybody that's looking for a therapist. Like, getting into therapy is a process. Like, I had to go through three or four different therapists before I finally found uh, my therapist, and she's amazing, by the way. Uh, amazing. Yes, definitely. Um, but people don't go into like the process thinking about that. They have a friend that is like, you need to go to therapy. Mm. You need to go to therapy. You need to go to therapy. And they're like, okay, let me just go on ZocDoc. And the first therapist I see, this is my therapist now. And then they're in therapy for two months and they're like feeling more shitty. Like, you know, <laughs> like, you know, I had to bounce around to a few people. I, I went speed dating for therapists for a second. I was like, I came in there with my own notepad. So like, how do you deal with daddy issues? Like, <laughs> you know, like, people got, yeah. So no, I, I had to do it in my time, man. I, I made the right decision. Well, I mean, I can't relate to that because I feel like I was forced into therapy when I was nine. Hmm. Do you feel like it was helpful? Um, It was a lot of like talking about my parents getting divorced. And then it was a yeah. lot of talking about like, I, rem- I we joke about this now. Our therapist just kept reading us the same book called The Dinosaur's Divorce. <laughs> and it was literally a children's book oh about like dinosaurs, like these dinosaur characters and like the parents got divorced. And like there was this whole meta- metaphor of the baby dinosaur had to talk about their feelings. Otherwise, they were going to erupt like a volcano and wreak havoc. So the dinosaurs are going to explode. Yeah. What? And, <laughs> That's dramatic. Well, something like that. But it was it was also like. <laughs> I think when you're nine years old and you're like, and my sister was four and she had therapy sessions too. Yeah. And you know, my mom would put us in this place and it was like at a time when we didn't even have money to spend on it. But my mom just like really believed that this is what we need to spend our money on. Yeah. So I just feel like I grew up with therapy. Yeah. Well, at, when you reflect on it now, do you feel like your life would be better off or worse if you hadn't had that experience? Oh, I think it totally would have been worse if I didn't have it. You know, my therapists have been, I mean, my therapists were the one who like reported my dad and they're the ones who they facilitated that whole thing. My therapists are the one who like got me into rehab. They're the ones who got me out of rehab. You know, like they've been therapy and like, honestly, like the system of mental health in this country has facilitated a lot of the different moments of my life. Yeah, no, and and that's a powerful thing. And, and this is why, I'm just even so passionate about this moment. Like as we're dealing with all this stuff around guns in the country, mm-hmm. particularly mass shootings, one of the things that I've seriously been advocating for, obviously there's a need for greater reform around access to firearms in this country. Um, but even more than that, the problem goes to the crisis of the heart. Like we have people out here that are broken. We have people out here that feel like nobody loves them. We have people out here that don't have the capacity or the empathy to think that it's wrong to carry out mass acts of violence. Like, that's not necessarily just the issue around guns. That's an issue around, like, how do we provide support to these individuals mm-hmm. so that they realize that, wow, somebody cares about me. Like, I can work through these things. I have somebody to talk to about, here's the dinosaur and how it would erupt because you want to hurt people because your parents got a divorce when you was young, you know? Yeah. Like, and you have separation anxiety now or you feel... Uh, you feel alone, like, you know, we're here to tell you you don't. Like, we need more investment in the people that can go out and have those conversations with the least of our world right now. Um, you, I mean, I visited you in D.C. like a couple months ago. Yeah. I'm coming to D.C. on Saturday, by the way. I'm going to well, tell you about this. We're going up. You're going to ditch me for the party again? Let me tell y'all. <laughs> let me tell y'all listeners, Nadia is a bad friend. Bad friend. <laughs> 
How she gonna come to my city? <laughs> we gonna pregame together, and then no, we didn't even get the pregame. She gonna come visit the program, and then we talk about we party. She gonna she one of them friends sending you pictures of the party that she at, but ain't gonna tell you where she at. I'm like, damn, girl, <laughs> you gonna leave me? Okay, cool, cool. You know what? I'm, I'm not inviting you nowhere. I'm just not as lit as you. I'm not inviting you nowhere. You was lit when the video. What do you mean? <laughs> <I wasn't. laughs> oh my god. Okay. Okay, wait, I wanted to I wanted to really on quick on the mental health side. Mm-hmm. You work with a ton of kids now, like young kids, pre-12 yeah. years old kids. Yeah. And I visited your after school program, right? Yeah. They're mostly under 12. And I find that hilarious too, because the fact that you know that, I still have family members, right? They have kids. Because a lot of people yeah. in my life don't actually know what I do for a living. Yeah. Right? They're just like, oh my gosh, she's on the podcast. She's so cool. All that but, shit. Now they, but they work with you. Or not all of them. Not all of them. Yeah. So I be telling my friends and my family, you know, they, they got young kids. They be having to do stuff. I be like, yo, I watch your kids. Be like, you? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like what do you mean? Like, what do you think that I do all that? Like, yeah, me. Like, no, they're like, oh, I, no, oh, no. I get that because when I first met you, I met you in the context of being, I will say, like a party boy, fuck boy player. What? I did. And then I got to know the real you and we became very good friends. But I would not peg you for like the guy I would leave my kid with if I had a kid. But then I see you with all the kids at the after school program and you straight up are like literally the father figure for so many of these kids. Yeah. How do you talk about mental health in that situation? Um, Do you talk about it? We do a number of different things. Um, social emotional learning is at the core of what we try to push for you because we understand that making it to a place where you can achieve your dreams doesn't necessarily just mean that you're going to have access to the best education. Uh, it also means that you have to believe that when given the opportunity to succeed, that you can see that. Um, so we try to work with our kids. Like even now during summer camp, we do like sound bathing. Mm. So once a week, um, we have uh, an expert comes in and we just teach them meditation. And just going through those things with them, we try to have a very holistic approach to how we develop children, particularly help, help them develop through their traumas. You know, so they have a great team. I see. Do you ever get any pushback? Like, why are we doing this? Why do I have to be silent? Yeah, but that's when I become the father figure. Lay down. We doing meditation. <laughs> 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 what you mean? Like, yeah. Like, no, it's uh and I, shout out the parents, man. Shout out the parents because I had had the opportunity to spend time with each and every parent that is involved that has a child involved in our program. And just the trust that they put in um my staff and I, uh, like our team is amazing. And these parents like understand that and they trust us. And it, it's just it's a great bond to have with community. Does it make you want your own kids? Uh, no. The best birth control is other people's kids. I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm telling because you. they're just wild to take care of? Because you just love giving them back. But you know? you, you do want kids. I do want kids. Yeah, by the grace of God. But not for a while. Um, inshallah. I don't know. I just take it a day at a time. I don't put too much pressure on myself. So it's not a very effective birth control at all? No. It's just, I, I'm not one of those... Like, people start approaching 30. They're like, I want a baby. Start getting a baby for you. Tell you, that ain't me. Nah. I'm just like, you know, in God's time, it'll come. You also don't have a biological clock. Um, You never know. No, I mean, like, scientifically. Oh. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I don't. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't control that. Sorry from all men. <laughs> but I, I mean, I don't, I feel like I am, I have the opposite of baby fever. I have puppy fever right now. Oh my gosh. A lot of cute dogs out here right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Didn't you have a dog? I did. My mom took it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have time for a dog anyways. Why does everybody even tell me? People don't let me watch their kids. They tell me I ain't got time for no dog. No, I, I, I realize I, I have life? no time for a dog. Like I, <laughs> I really, really want a dog. And then I'm like, I get home and it's so hot outside. And I'm like, the last thing I want it, would want to do is go outside and like put my hand in a paper plastic bag and then like pick up squishy poo. Like oh that is God. the worst thing that I would want to do. Yeah, no. You get used to it. If you want to have a baby, like you're going to have to wipe their butt. Nope. They might pee on you. At least the dog would be outside on the carpet. You That's know? what like a stay-at-home dad is for. A stay-at-home dad, yeah. Changing changing the general. You know? Your boyfriend probably love to do that too. That's what you're talking to me about. Yeah, he probably do. He would love that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, how do you feel? Let's let's end on a like an exciting note of where you are now. I feel like you're in one of the healthiest, happiest spots I've seen you in. That's a blessing. Yeah. Is that an accurate statement? Accurate statement. Simple, easy, peaceful. Shout out my uh, my therapist. That's our motto right now. It's what do you think like your biggest learning from therapy has been? Simple, easy, peaceful. Life simple, should be simple, simple, easy, and peaceful. Like I was on safari in Kenya like couldn't have been like more than like three months ago. By the yeah. way, Darius has a fucking school in Kenya. And by the grace of God. Uh, mm-hmm. But we on, we on safari and the driver looks out the window and it's this giraffe. And the giraffe is like eating from the trees and stuff. It's beautiful out there. It's quiet. And the sun is setting over this giraffe. And the guy is like, no, that is how God created us all to be. Eating leaves. No, it was deeper than that. Simple, easy, peaceful. Like, this giraffe just chilling, breeze blowing, eating some leaves. <laughs> you know, like. But here we are as humans, like making everything like so complicated. Like even like look at young people like us, right? Like we successful. Like I can sit here and say we're successful. Like our bills are paid. You know what I mean? We're able to support our families. We're healthy. We're good looking. We're gonna have a great dinner tonight, you know? And we will force ourselves to create some problems in our head. Like just to be like, I got a problem going on, just to worry about something. Like the biggest takeaway that I've gotten is just like, it's chill. Like, yeah, work hard. Yeah, stuff is going to rise. But if you can't change it, why are you worrying about it? And if you can, why are you worrying about it still? Like, you can do something about it and just keep moving forward. So I try to operate like that. And, uh, yeah, it's been working. I think that's what I need to do more. Just chill. Yeah, smoke more weed. I've been doing a lot of yoga. I haven't been smoking a lot of weed. Mm-hmm. I kind of went through a, a weed phase and then it honestly was just so expensive. Yeah. And then I wasn't into it. <laughs> but I also love working out so much. And I do think that smoking impedes your, at least it felt like to me, impeded my ability to stay fit in the way that I wanted to. It's mm, interesting. Opposite for you? I don't know, but I was recently watching this interview with Kevin Durant and he recently admitted that he smokes weed. I know he's a New York resident. Well, this was like David Letterman interview. Yeah. 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 I'm surprised more people aren't talking about that. I love that show. I love that show too. My next guest needs no introduction. Are you going to, if your show starts moving, are you going to move the the chairs with it? You know, he has the same chairs. Oh, yeah. 
I don't know. I actually, the dream for Tigers is to be more on like bean bags with pajamas. Can I, can I make a pitch? You want coasters? I want, yes, coasters, but a live tiger. A live? Like right here. Did you not watch Tiger King? That is inhumane. A live tiger. Yeah. We can get like a robotic tiger. What about a stuffed one? A stuffed one. Still yeah, in a cage. Still yeah. in a cage. <laughs> okay. I'm so happy you came on this podcast to be our first dude guest. Dude guest, yeah. Dude guest. Boy boss, dude guest. Boy boss, dude, dude guest. Yeah. And I am also just really happy that you're happy. Uh I'm happy that you're happy, Nadia. Love you. I love you too. Bye y'all. We'll see you next Wednesday. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.